Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, guys, welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rods! What's happening, dude? Oh, man, just hanging out here, boy, enjoying this pretty weather. You know, the wind blowing, going crazy outside. I'm telling you what, if you're still listening to this, it means you haven't ran for the hills yet. That's right, guys. I tell you what, but it's a good thing you didn't run for the hills because we got a great show lined up for you today. What are we starting out with, Hot Rod? Man, we got to get right into the mix. We got to talk about what's going on in the news. In the news? In the news. I'll tell you what's in the news. Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, hurricanes are everywhere. Everywhere. One on the left side of us, one right here in our backyard. I'm telling one, you. one coming up behind us on the right Mustangs side. Mustangs flying around. It's crazy. I'm telling you. Cats and dogs getting along. It's craziness. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it seems that we cannot get away from self-driving cars as they have found their ways into the news Again. Self-driving cars. That's my exact thought. Somebody get me a Tylenol. <laughs> exactly, before it gets real. All right, so in recent news, as of Wednesday, the U.S. House unanimously, un, I can't even speak, unanimously, I think that's how you say that, approved the proposal to speed up the deployment of self-driving cars. Awesome. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's speed up the what? process to make our life dangerous. You know... <clears throat> Self-driving cars. I mean, it's just like, let's take the words out of music and just hum. <laughs> Pretty much. It's soulless. It's heartless. Also, get this. In the same uh, proposal that was passed by the House, they are ban- barring states from the ability to block these autonomous cars from coming to their state. That means no state can come up with a law saying we can't have these. They've already disbanded that, as far as the House goes, anyhow. That's crazy. That's yeah. Big Brother. Put this Big Brother stepping in there. Oh yeah. So this new bill will go to Senate and would allow automakers to obtain exemptions to deploy up to twenty five thousand vehicles without meeting existing auto safety standards in the first year, and then the cap would rise to a hundred thousand vehicles uh, annually in three years. So they're wanting to skip steps and skip safety protocol to allow these cars to go ahead and hit the streets early. You see that. And it's already passed the house you see, you, unanimously. You hear that? That's the sound of Rob's heart breaking. Oh well, I hope that's the only thing that breaks because you're talking about cars out there driving themselves that are not meeting safety standards and people not paying attention. Yeah, and like I just we've talked about this a thousand times. Well, three anyhow, and the close fa- enough. Yeah, all the you know dangers that come with a car that drives itself. And we're just passing it around through government and just looking over different uh, safety standards and just saying, you know what? Let's get these things on the road even quicker. You know what? Screw testing. Let's just put them out there. I think this is this is awesome. <laughs> it is. It is awesome that that you know, this kind of technology is out there. Do I think they need to be moving fast forward with that? No. Now I think self-driving cars do have a purpose, and I think self-driving cars in the future are an important thing. I see. I, I stand very biased to. I don't think this is. I don't think this is good at all. Um, but you got automakers and technology companies such as General Motors and Google's self-driving affiliate, Wayno. They are pushing for new federal laws to make it easier to deploy self-driving technology. I just. I have 
so many qualms about this. It's not even funny. Like, um, you know, the fact of the prediction of these cars, you know, what are they going to do? Can they get a virus? Can someone overtake them? Can you well, know, I mean, someone the, tap into them? I mean, the hackers and all that stuff, there's nothing is safe with that anymore. And then, you know, another thing you got to think about, so this has got to be running off like GPS technology. So it's getting signals sent to it. I mean, that's How are just, you going to safeguard that? Exactly. And then you're, you know, okay, let's just say you can develop some sort of technology that can be safeguarded. You're wanting to fast track these things um, for less testing? I, I don't know. I mean, why would you want to fast track something like this? I know what they're saying. Um, the issue that is taking on a bit of urgency uh, U.S. road deaths rose 7.7% in 2015, and that's the highest annual jump since 1966. So that is their big uh, battle cry coming into this is, you know, death tolls on U.S. streets. And I understand that. It's, you know, it's far more dangerous driving today than it was back in 1966, per se. But another thing you got to think about, too, there's a lot more cars on the road. Well, there's, there's a lot, a lot more, more people. There's a yeah. lot more everything. Yeah, there's more of everything. And they're moving faster. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, more deaths are going to come, but I don't think we should stick moving objects on our highways with no one to control them. Well, this is this is my thing here with that. You know, understand, traffic fatalities are absolutely horrible, and I'm not belittling this by any means. But this is an old school saying, you make an omelet, you're going to crack some eggs. It happens. You get enough cars out there running 60 mile an hour, somebody's going to mess up. The well, end. Well, you know... It's to be expected, you know. Don't fly in a plane and expect one not to fall out of the sky. Don't go, you know, boating and expect one not to officially sink, you know, eventually sink. And that's why I don't get on them boats. Exactly. I mean, things are going to happen. The inevitable is going to happen. You put millions of different people with different backgrounds, different thoughts and processing and different ways of handling things, and and you put them in cars and put them all out on the same street, something is bound to happen, you know. And then you throw in the variables of texting, of drinking, all this. Something is bound to happen. Now you're wanting to put in a car. I mean, drink, how about women putting on makeup going down the road? Eating, anything. Uh, you know, so there's so many different variables already. A, a, a vehicle wreck with a fatality is bound to happen. I mean, it just is. Weather is another variable. Now you're putting in a car that is, and, uh, you know, driven by itself. What about all these variables when it comes in? What happens when this car blows a tire? How about dodging a pothole? Exactly. What happens when this car don't dodge a pothole? It hits it and it throws it off center. What happens when a car breaks too fast in front of it? A kid runs out in front of it chasing the ball. Uh, the road's too wet and it goes hydroplaning. What about all these variables? No one's sitting back and answering these questions. They're just saying, hey, we can make it stay on the road. That's great. I got one for you for your self-driving car. How about if you're cruising down the street and you see a guy in a five-liter Mustang, you pull up to a red light and you want to drag race? Yeah. Can't. How do you do that with your self-driving car? Yeah, that, that's that's a real. I mean, just like duke it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, how do you step up to the line with your self-driving car? All right. So, what if you got to get out of your self-driving car? Because I don't know, for some reason, maybe to duke it out with this five-up Mustang driver, and your self-driving car just takes off without you. You know, that's a bad thing too. Like, you forgot to hit the button. You know. <laughs> and next thing you know, stop. Next thing you know, your self-driving car is sitting there at the McDonald's five miles down the road waiting on you. That, that's just bad for business. All right, what about that? What if you, what if you want to go to the drive-thru? Does it know that? Or do you got to tell it to park? I mean, how does this work? I mean, you serve valid points all you, the way around. And, you know, you flash back to when we were talking about this last time, and Ford's wanting to pull the steering wheel and the brake, or, you know, the pedals out of these cars. What I, the think Ford, I think Ford should have done that a long time ago, but they, they might just to well. get them off the road, you know what I mean? But not... 
But I mean, I mean, how, how's this going to work? How's this car going to know? <laughs> you know, what if someone moves their driveway? That happens a lot in businesses. You know, I mean, people don't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, anybody got Apple Maps on their phone? <laughs> you know how many times it's like five hundred feet this way, and it's like five feet this <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. So and it turns you into a brick wall. So, or you know, what about construction bridges out? <laughs> you're exactly. you're a self-driving car. Or, don't know that. Just, let's just say somebody dropped the ball. You know, they had a long day and they forgot to add that new piece of information in there, and you just go straight through the detour sign and Smokey and the Bandit style, roam across the bridge. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so many. Very- and you don't even have an accelerated pedal to gun it. <laughs> no, you're stuck going 55 miles an hour. Or what if you still got a horn? <laughs> or do you don't even have that? It does that for you, too. Yeah, you're stuck at 55 miles an hour hoping you make this 70 foot jump. And I'm imagining what looks like a Prius. Well, I get all that. It sounds like a vacuum cleaner running. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, it may not be a vacuum cleaner, but it sure does suck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just. Brought to you by Hoover. <laughs> I just see so many bad with this. You know, like I said, we've talked about it before, but with them rushing this through, man, for whatever reason. And skipping all kinds of safety protocol. And one, you know, the, the the original estimated goal was to have these out by 2019, 2020. And they want to put 25,000 of these vehicles out on U.S. streets. How awesome is that? I hope they stay out of South Carolina. <laughs> no joke. I mean. We still got tractors riding down the road here. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with things like that? Everybody's supposed to be going 55. This tractor's not. Here comes this uh, self-driving car, and they don't know that. They don't know a John Deere from a pickup truck and you got a collision. <laughs> I'm hoping they have, which I'm sure they do have sensors and all that, but how quick do they react? I mean, it's craziness. And then, you know, like we mentioned earlier, your hackers and all that. It's, it's good. I mean, yeah, that's real. I'm, I heard through the grapevine, that's why they killed old Lee Majors off. You know what I mean? <laughs> hackers. I'll tell you what, they're going to kill us off if we don't get this commercial break in. Guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, man? Man, you got my blood pressure all up talking about these self-driving cars. I can't stand it, man. Well, let's quit talking about it. I'm them. over here doing a James Brown fidget spell because of that. It just makes me so mad. Well, we'll, we'll just quit talking about Good, Good plan. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, so if you listened to us the last week's show, uh, we talked about Hurricane Harvey and the flood cars left behind and, you know, all the different things that come along with that. Um so, you know, let's talk about this whole one-two punch the auto industry is about to hit with uh, Irma stepping in. I want to tell you something. We got these hurricanes coming in from every angle, guys, so this is going to be a definite keep an eye out for these flood cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, so Hurricane Irma is expected to, you know, leave behind catastrophic uh, debris and damages all in its path. Um and just, you know, a lot of people know this, some people don't, but we actually do pre-record some of these shows. This one happens to be on a Wednesday night, so we really don't know the course of action that this storm is taking as of right now when we're airing. We really don't know where, if it's hitting the panhandle of Florida, if you it's hitting Myrtle Beach. the radio magic. I understand, but this is a little bit more important than uh, radio magic right now. Right now, there's someone crying because they thought we were like on kill with this. I, I understand, and I, and I hate that, but you know we don't really know what this storm is going. Why don't you to go ahead and tell Santa's not real either, Rod? Right, while you're going, you know what? Neither is the Easter Bunny, but you know. While you're killing dreams, Tooth Fairy's fake too. God Almighty, <sighs> so mad. <laughs> Proceed. Anyhow, so we don't really know where the storm's going at this current point. Obviously, uh, whether it's going to just uppercut the southeast or miss us altogether, but. 
Given those predictions to be true, the entire southeastern seaboard is going to experience a major automotive crisis, as well as many other industries, of course. Everybody's going to be affected by this. But every bit of what has happened in Houston has a very big potential of happening right here in our own yard. Um, you know, with flooding of all these car lots, all, all these dealerships. Well, all Greenville's prone for flooding anyway. Oh, yeah. I Greenville's- mean, downtown Greenville... I mean, you know, we get four drops of rain and we got flooding. So, yeah. and because we've had so much building going on, we have no grass to soak it up, no dirt. We have just concrete. And, and Columbia is another uh, place that's the same way. So, with all the the potential of all these, uh, you know, hurricane storm waters coming in, this has a potential to be a major southeast crisis, especially right here in the upstate. Even um, so, you know, just you need to go back if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Go back, check out the podcast on 1063WRD.com or on iTunes or on the TuneIn Radio app. Go back and listen to that because it covers a lot of good grounds of what to expect with these cars because they're not just going to disappear into thin air. They're going to wind up somewhere on Craigslist, somewhere. Now, insurance will get some of them, but not all of them. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. When the insurance company gets those cars, somebody buys them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone buys them somewhere. So let's 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 look a little bit further into that. Let's say you were going to risk it. You're going to buy a flood damage car, and you're going to see if the risk is worth the reward. Let's talk quickly about your next moves and what you need to do to be sh- be sure you have a good car from this because you bought your 2010 Tahoe for twenty five hundred dollars. Well, I mean, the first thing you want to look for is water lines on this car to see where the water actually went and where it didn't go. Yeah, um, if, if you're lucky to see that. But as it's a uh, car, truck, bike, boat, plane, whatever you buy, uh, as it's, you know, was partially submerged in H2O here, it wasn't tap water by no means. This, no, this is, is like really nasty water. This is contaminated with chemicals, bacteria, a simple, you know, wash job through the whole dirt and squirt ain't going to cut it by no means. Um, first, what you need to do, in all honesty, is disassemble the entire car. Uh, you know, you have to get down to a bare rolling chassis and then steam clean this car. This is going to kill a lot of your bacteria and things like that. Um, from here, you need to bake dry it a day or two or even let sunbathe for up to a week or two and let everything dry out in this car. Now the car needs to be in a tight, small, enclosed area to experience a 24-hour ozone bath, and this will kill off any existing bacteria. Because it's not just the water. I mean, it's all the contaminants that go along with this. They're going to destroy this car. The sewers have backed up in this car. Yeah. Yeah. Fecal matter. Exactly. Exactly. So in the meantime, when you're doing all this... Port-a-john water. Yeah. Yeah. Dumpster juice. Dumpster juice. (laughs) Dumpster juice is now in this car. And and Port-a-john water. (laughs) Two things. Either one is nasty. Together, potent. (laughs) Yes. Um, They kill us. (laughs) So in the meantime, while you're you know while you're sunbathing the car, uh, your engine, transmission, brake system, rear end, all the lines going to all this need to be fully disassembled and totally and utterly rebuilt. I mean everything. So get ready for that. Your wiring harness and your computer need to be a hundred percent replaced from the front of the car to the back of the car. All this stuff, all this wiring can get corroded. It can become corrosive. It can become problematic. You're going to have wiring issues down the road. Gauges not working properly. Lights coming on when windshield wipers should be. Turn signals coming on when doors should be unlocking. Horns blowing when trunks should be opening. All these problems come from bad wiring. 
you know, or bad connections in the fuse box. Exactly. So this all has to be replaced. Interior needs to be pulled out, cleaned, stripped down, sunbathed, and subject to the same ozone bathing that the outside of the car was done to get rid of all the bacteria seeped down in all the cloth, the leather, and the carpet in the car. I mean, you're talking about full process here. And then, while doing all this, if that's not big enough scare, you need to take all the proper safety precautions uh, should you choose to go this route to protect yourself because some of these contaminants could even kill you. Well, yeah, think about it. the bacteria. You got a lot of people with breathing problems, the mold in these things. Even clean water will produce mold. Yes. And you got to think about the nasty water in these things. I mean, it's, they're very, I mean, contaminated is not the word. I mean, there's some fresh water floods, but this is nothing like that. No, I mean, you're dredging up water, like, you know, like you said, from sewage, uh, from anything nasty in the world. And, you know, I mean, it's terrible, really. I mean, ocean water, salt, all of this is coming into play. I mean, even as far up here, you know, if you got water getting picked up and carried, you got salt water coming to the upstate even. I mean, you have a lot of terrible potentials here that they're coming at your car to damage it. Well, you got to think about it, too. These cars, you know, there's a lot of very sensitive electronics. I mean, to the point where if, the, if a plug is dry, it will have problems. Can you imagine throwing water? And nasty water and corrosion starts forming. And, then, you know, even after all these things are clean and everything apparently works right now, down the road could be a whole other ballgame because now you have corrosion playing into that. Oh, you're talking about, you know, not only your surface areas or your B surface areas where you have to, you know, you can see opening things up, but then you got your C surface areas, and that's places you can't see down inside your inner fenders, you know, inside. Double-sided panels in between. Yes, and, you know, most roofs on older cars are double-paneled. If this car got submerged, there's water in there that you would never even see. There's contaminants in there that you're never going to see. Then all of a sudden, you have a rusty hole in your roof, you know? Sunroof. <laughs> exactly. Whether you want it or not. Target top. <laughs> I mean, so you really need to stop and consider even buying one of these cars. Even as a parts car, the parts you're getting off it probably aren't going to be that great. Unless you can just see. I mean, like, you can physically see it's okay. That's about all you can do with it. And even then, some things can be hidden. I mean, yeah. so it's a real gamble. Unless you're getting just a Kinda stellar like shopping deal. for a girlfriend on Craigslist. Pretty much. It's a real gamble. <laughs> Although I've known some people to pick up once or two, and it turned out to be not quite that bad. So maybe, you know what, maybe the flood car thing's good for you. You know maybe what I'm saying? Throw the dice. Hope for the best. Exactly. All right, guys, speaking of throwing away the dice, we got to throw some dice while we listen to some commercials. That's right, guys. we got to pay the bills. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Odd Rod. To my left sits Rob Pitts. Rob Pitts, how are you doing? What's going on, Odd Rod? Man, just sitting here hanging out, smiling. Now, I'll tell you what, we're talking about where we're headed next, right? Well, we're talking about where... Yeah, let's talk about where we're headed. All right, coming up next week, guys, September 17th, Hot Rods and Happy Hour Cruise in right there at Ruby Tuesdays on Woodruff Road. You know what that means. Real quick, guys, best garden bar around, 55 items, four lettuces. Real quick, romaine. Iceberg. Spinach. Spring mix. Done. Nailed it. Like a boss. The original Hot Rods and Happy Hour cruising, guys. You definitely don't want to miss it. And, of course, if we're not flooded and floating off by then, we'll be doing it live. We'll do it live. Exactly. All right. The following, well, we get a week off, and then September 30th. Do we all know what that is? Everybody in the room know what that is? Yes, we do. It's Carolina Motor Fest. This right here is a red-letter date in history, kids. And I'm going to tell you something. The historic 
Greenville Pickens Speedway. That sacred half-mile oval is home of Carolina Motor Fest, the largest car show in the area. Swap meets, vendors. It's a great time, great car show, great location. Got great tunes. And of course, you got the Hot Rods and Happy Hour crew there. What else could you want? Exactly. Moving on. So, uh, pfft, uh, October 8th, um, still working out the details, but the Greenville Hospital Show uh, benefiting the cancer. Uh, cancer the uh, Children's uh, Cancer Center. Yeah, there you go. I knew I'd get it right. Uh, yeah, so, I knew I would. <laughs> hopefully hiring out more details as that comes along. Uh, the following week, it's going to be October 15th. We're going to be back at Ruby Tuesdays with more lettuces. Lettuces for days. Problematic. Uh, we'll probably do it live there, too. Um, October 31st through November 3rd, we're going to take off. We're going to go to beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada for That's SEMA. Right. Hot Rods and Happy Hour takes over Sin City, guys, for SEMA. Always a fun time. Like I said, that week you need to stay tuned to the Hot Rods and Happy Hour Facebook pages and Instagram. We will keep them humping with all kinds of cool pictures straight from SEMA. Exactly. Then coming on back November 11th, a favorite show of mine, the Southern Super Heavy Shootout. They're at beautiful Commerce, Georgia, at the Atlanta Speedway, or Dragway. Dragway. I keep doing that. They don't go in circles there. (laughs) The Atlanta Dragway, uh, beautiful quarter-mile track, good times, and uh, probably have the wagon down there running it. Yeah, it's like like the one time the fat cars can fly. It's like like fat camp. That's mean. For cars. But it is. It's the big cars. That's mean. Well, like Mustangs, Challengers, and Camaros are now big cars. They're well, no longer got, cars. They're kind of like old ladies. They're getting a little chubby. You know? <laughs> That's going to offend somebody. By the way, that was a statement made by Rob Pitts, not Odd Rod, or necessarily Intercom Studios, or 106.3, or uh, Hot Rods and Happy Hour itself. That was purely Rob Pitts. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right, but yes, it's going to be a great show on November 11th with the Southern Super Heavy Shootouts. This is the 4,000-pound-plus cars as with driver. Um, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I got him this time. I just thought about something. I just had a funny thought. I just had a funny thought. We could pull up in a Fiat and put you in and be like, winning. Really? I just thought that was funny. Really? We're going to go there? That was for the Mustang joke. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I hope, I hope Walmart quit selling your hair product. Listen, yeah, listen, there. listen. There's just some things you don't joke about. <laughs> you can talk about my mama. You can talk about anything. You start talking about my hair product, <laughs> me and you are going to drop these headphones, and we're going to go outside, and we're going to... Wow. You understand? <laughs> I think I got that. You got it? Anyhow. Crystal. Hope your hair falls out. <clears throat> Anyhow, moving on. December 2nd, we're going to be at Hawks Motorsports. Uh, great show there. We're, this is the second time we're doing this show. This is the second annual toy drive they're having. Uh, it was a great time last year. We filled up a Corvette and a Camaro with toys and then done burnouts with them, so that's pretty fun. That's always fun. It is fun doing a burnout with a car full of toys. I mean. <laughs> what else could you want? And you did like the electric slide. Uh, yeah. What? Didn't you do like the line dancing thing with all the people there? Yeah, but we did it with uh, VIC's Wobble. Wobble. Vic, yeah. What's up? We got a little gangster. You're such a hood rat. <laughs> we are. <laughs> but it's a great time. Um, I'm looking forward to that show. There's always some cool prizes and giveaways and things like that. And that is going to round out our 2017 year. So now, let's talk about where we've been. And we've been busy this past weekend. We have been busy this past weekend. I'm telling you, we were on the road, guys. Beautiful Clayton, Georgia. Yes, that show did not disappoint. We took off down there Saturday morning and left the house, what, about 4 o'clock? About 4, 4.30 in yeah. the morning, yeah, and headed down to Clayton, Georgia. And I want to tell you something. If you've never been to Clayton, Georgia, it's a gorgeous drive. It's a two-lane in, a two-lane out. Curvy roads, but gorgeous weather was 
perfect for a car show. Yeah, it was actually a little chilly in the morning. I actually had to throw on the hoodie. Um, I was a little cool. I was a little... A little uh, airish, if you will. Oh, airish. Um, a lot of great cars. It was cool seeing some of the cars that we haven't seen before. Um, Definitely a different crowd. Lots of great cars. Like I said, it was for an even better cause. Juvenile Diabetes Research. Yeah, and, and you know, we raised some good money for that show, uh, or helped raise some good money for that show, rather. Um, just a great time. I look forward to coming back next year. Uh, there's really not much more to say. I've posted some pictures of the cars we've seen down there on, on our Facebook page. And just what was awesome. your favorite car you saw down there? You know, honestly, there was that, um, and and the year's going to make me draw a blank. I want to say it's a 68 Mustang. It was that green color. It was a 69. 69. Um, yeah, good-looking car. Great-looking car. I mean, nothing special about it, but the color, the wheel combination, the stance, just all kind of went together real nicely. It's a very nice build, though. Yes. I mean, it's not your typical run-of-the-mill Mustang. I mean, that's, that's no, a pretty nice ride. And I would say another, uh, aside coming from a GM guy like in the Fords here at this show, but the uh, GT350H uh, uh, edition. Yes, the Hertz car. Yeah, the Tribute car. Yeah, that was kind of um, cool. Very cool car with the Coyote 50 swap in it. i tell you what, it. the 55 Olds 88. Yes. Red and white two-tone. That was tripping my trigger the whole time. Yeah, beautiful car parked right there by the trailer. Gorgeous car, really. Oh, yeah. Still had the Rocket V8 in it. I mean, just original and clean. It was a clean car. Had not set a mag, sat good. It's the only way to ride. Still, she still had the Rocket engine in her. Yep. Uh, then coming on back, we decided to stop an old beautiful Seneca. Seneca, South Carolina. They have a great cruising down there once a month. Got to see some good friends, some some old friends down there. That's a, that's a, that's kind of a neat town because Seneca is like still like old school. And I tell you what, there was two cars there that not necessarily cars I'd want to take home per se because I think the '57 won my heart there with the LS swap. Very nice done. You know what I'm talking about the red mm-hmm. one. Uh, but there was two cars there that like peaked my odd rod radar. How about the uh, 1975 Stutz, the two-door coupe and the four-door? Well, you know, the Stutzes were... Uh, Stutz Blackhawk. Yeah, you know, they started out with like Pontiac Grand Prix, and then in the later years, they actually started moving on to Lincolns and Mercury's and building them out of them. Those cars were extremely big-dollar cars. That was one of the last cars that Elvis bought was a Stutz. Yeah. Uh, very cool car, and they they found all kinds of different power plants from 350s to 305s. Well, they started with just totally different, with, with, with done cars, and yep. then they put all these embellishments them. on yep. them. Um, both these cars, just absolutely amazing and great condition. It's like you take Liberace and a Thunderbird, and you put them together, <laughs> and you have a Stutz. And like I said, I don't know that I would go out and buy one. Maybe You know, I might get talking to the, the two-door car. Uh, but still, they're just awesome to I see just, them. You know what? I'll be honest with you. If you got a Stutz, you need one of those big hats with the purple feather in it. Oh, you need like a fur jacket. Yeah, yeah and about gold rings on every finger walking around. Probably have a nickname like Baby Powder or something like that. Because <laughs> you know you're rocking the 70s hardcore. Oh, you know it. And walking in with that gangster lean. You could not have one of those cars without a set of fuzzy dice in the rearview mirror. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, you need a fuzzy suit to match. And how about some uh, gold uh, Dayton's? Oh, I don't need gold Dayton's on because it's got them wire basket wire wheels on it. You know, <laughs> them ones you could snap off and like go get go get a batch of eggs with them and put them back on. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. They double as Easter baskets. <laughs> they are they are cool cars though. Um, cool cars. They are cool, and I mean, they're, and they're and I'm glad somebody's into them, so everybody will know not to make that mistake again. But <laughs> they are they are definitely cool. 
Well, what the, what the production run on those? Like about, very limited. Well, no, I mean because they were very expensive. I mean these things were big money cars. The the company was around for what like eighteen years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, off and on they kind of fizzled out, then they come back. I mean like Wayne Newton needed a new cars, so they start building them again. Or Elvis <laughs> wanted one. I mean I think they're the only two people in Liberace are the only three people that ever owned one anyway. That and the guy in Seneca who evidently has two of two them. of them. Yeah, probably he owns Elvis's and Liberace's. Yeah, he's probably got Elvis's jumpsuit. Like in the trunk. <laughs> but, I mean, they were cool cars. Was he cool bought it at Graceland Auto Sales. <laughs> and then... Old Heartbreak course, Highway. And then, of course, uh, Monday, Labor Day, we uh, we were in uh, beautiful Traveler's Rest at Trailblazers Park for uh, Bacon Labor Day. Bacon Labor Day Festival's always a blast. And this year was no different. Like I said, guys, we made the move from Simpsonville to TR. Trailblazers Park is a great facility. Great place to have a car show. Super good time. Seen some great cars. We had like 150-something cars there. And I mean, it was super, super good show. Great time. Great music. Live bands. Can't beat it. And a lot of bacon. And I saw a car that I've never seen before. I, I mean, I knew the car existed, but I've never Ever seen one? Of course, you see a Ford Pinto all the time, but how about Mercury Bobcat? A Mercury Bobcat with a SVO Turbo 2.3. Exactly. I mean, this thing was awesome. A 2300 with a turbo. <laughs> the, I mean, this car was just way too cool, and there was a ton. A it's ton basically a of box beautiful. of matches with a turbo on it. Yes, yeah, like a box of matches with an igniter. <laughs> but, I mean, there were some amazing cars here, some beautiful old, old Mopars. You know, there was a Viper there making, supposedly making fifteen hundred horsepower to the ground. But there were pro- several Vipers there. Yeah, there's what about four Vipers there? Three or four of them. Yeah. I tell you what, I say, I see my buddy Richards. Daytona. I love that car because it's like the cleanest Daytona you've ever seen in your life. And I got Gray over here. So we got to pay some commercials over. He's going nuts. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about this show when we come back. All right, guys. Stay tuned right here to uh, Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? Now, we're talking about TR. We're talking about Bacon Labor Day. By the way, I had a bacon-wrapped hot dog, which was amazing. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either, but you know what? At Bacon Labor Day, anything involving bacon is a thing. And that, Apparently that, so. That is a good thing, actually. That is, a bacon is a good thing. I went straight to the hospital after, afterwards for cardiac arrest, brother, and that was great. You know what? Cardiac arrest, it's overrated. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, especially when it's bacon involved. We got one of the best heart centers around. You're golden. Eat you some more bacon, pony boy. You're golden. <laughs> I love it, because even when we handed out the awards, we were handing out certificates. For pounds of bacon. I mean, where else do you go to a car show and win bacon? You have a trophy that's shaped like a pig. And free bacon. And free bacon. I mean, that's win-win. Win-win-win-win. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about some of the cars there. We're talking about our, our, our good buddies, Daytona. No, oh, yeah, we're talking about we're talking about Richard's Daytona. I love this car because it's so 80s. You know what? I'm mad at this car, though. Why are you mad at it? Because I'm sitting here in the trailer the whole time playing DJ Odd Rod. And my wagon's sitting right out front, and this Daytona's sitting right to my right. And everybody that walks by stops and takes pictures of this Daytona. This is why. Because it's iconic. It reminds <laughs> them of a better time. <laughs> you know what the station wagon reminds them of? What's Uncle that? Buck. That's what it does. <laughs> Uncle Buck's a classic. Ish. <laughs> the Daytona Z reminds them of any douchebag in an 80s movie drove a Daytona Z. Anybody, any bad guy drove a Daytona Z. I mean, Richard is like the quintessential. <laughs> I mean, he drives, he's that guy. He's like, he's ski patrol or he's like, whatever. You know, he's that guy in every 80s movie. 
Just say it, because he drives the Daytona Z. Valid point. I'm just, I mean, like, his cool points, off the scale at this point. And how about the, you know, not to switch gears, but how about the 65 Impala that won Best in Show? That thing was absolutely gorgeous. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the old big body Impalas like that, but that was a good-looking car. Silver red guts sitting right over a nice set of mags. LS powered. <laughs> Must have been a millennial that built it. <laughs> it was actually just that car was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous car, taking nothing away from it. It was absolutely gorgeous. How about the Grand Sports Station wagon? Talk about a blast from the, pla- <laughs> the, 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 the a blast from the past. Made me stutter. It was so crazy. This so, car, if there if there was an odd rod award, this one would win a '57 Chevy station wagon, 150 handyman wagon. Yep. Uh, Painted blue, silver stripe, red uh, rookie stripes down the fenders. White stripe down the center. Yeah, white stripe, sorry. But uh had a six-speed in it, uh, LT4. I mean, it had full C4 running gear underneath it. C4 suspension. It was C4 very, wheels. Very, 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 very cool. Yeah, I mean, done right. It was done right. Very cool. I mean, you know, it's... It screamed 1996. Looked like a Bud Light can, but other than that, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was cool, though. Which the Corvettes, in my opinion, look like a Bud Light can. But I love those Corvettes with the black wheels, though. They were they were neat-looking cars. They were. They were. And, and whoever built that wagon did a phenomenal job. A phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. With a P. With a P. Yeah. It's like kind of like pneumatic. <laughs> a pajon. <laughs> yeah, pajon. Just give me a call on the pajon. <laughs> Y'all get that later. Don't worry about that. All right, let's talk about the meat of the bones. Of the what, were, what were we talking about on this show? I tell you what, you know, we, you know, we, there's a we go to cars and coffee quite a bit, and uh, we see the same car over there. And I've always been intrigued by it growing up. I was a child of the '80s. See, I you missed out on this because no, you, I was a child of the last five days of the '80s. Ex- Don't take that actually, away. Actually, the last me. four days of the '80s, technically. <laughs> technically. Well, I was born early morning, so it's. <laughs> We're talking hours at this point, Odd Rod. But, you know, uh, but and, and, and this, okay, I got my buddy Richard here in the studio. And, Richard, what are some of the iconic cars of the 80s? Like, I mean, if you just had to pull a car out of the 80s, this screamed 1980s. I rock. That's a good one. And then we got, I mean, you got Daytona Zs. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You got Firebirds and you got Trans Amps. 300ZX. Yeah, 300ZX. I mean, you got all the movies. And then you start thinking about iconic 80s movies cars and TV show cars. And then you start thinking about it. The DeLorean. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I got asked about 40 times if my car was the Back to the Future car. That's bad. I could see it a little bit. It happens every time. But but you see where I'm getting at, though. It's that DeLorean. Everybody knows that car, whether it be from Back to the Future or they remember seeing them out on the road. I mean, it's like the Timex watch of cars. It is. I mean, it's like it's like the calculator watch of cars. It's like the stainless, you know, stainless band, but it's got buttons on it and stuff. And it's got gold wing doors. I mean, this thing's a very iconic car. But the guy that invented it is a very cool character and a very interesting guy that I want to cool share. Character. Some, he is a very cool character. <laughs> a role model, if you will. He's cool. He's cool as a polar bear eating a popsicle, if you catch my drift. <laughs> but, I mean, this guy is super cool, and he goes by the name John Zachary DeLorean. Oh, Johnny Zach. Oh, Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He lived about the same lifestyle, yeah, actually. I'm gonna, I'll tell you what's crazy. This guy is really, really, really is a very, very interesting character. Uh, you know, it started, you know, he's born January 6, 1925. This is no young cat. I mean, keep in mind. 1925, was dirt even invented back then? Yes, there was dirt back then. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure. He was born in Detroit, Michigan, Odd Rod. He's, he's, he's a right Michigan around the guy. corner. <laughs> right around the corner from me. The, uh, right over that snow drift, <laughs> you know. The, uh, he was the oldest of four children. What? Hang on. See how Michigan you are. What part of the Met was he from? <laughs> I don't know. That would be the left side of the Met. The left side. The bad side. They're both bad. Uh, yeah, both sides of the Met are terrible. All right. So uh, the worser one. Uh, you know, DeLorean went to public schools. You know, this guy, he he basically came up kind of poor. His family worked in mills and stuff. But uh, he actually went to. So he's truly from Michigan. That yeah, sounds really, like the rest of us. Straight up. You know, he went to Lawrence Technical University where he excelled in industrial engineering. Well, World War II interrupted his studies, and in 1943, John DeLorean was drafted into the military, and he served three years and got an honorable discharge. He was in the big war, son. He was actually, he was really was in the big war. And, uh, and, that, and that was something kind of cool about it. Well, he returned to Michigan to find his family in economic turmoil. He worked as a draftsman for the Public Lighting Commission, which I didn't know they even had lights back then, but a lights commission <laughs> for, pub, you know, for Michigan. He worked there for a year and a half to improve his family's financial status and then returned back to Lawrence Technical <laughs> to finish wait, his degree. Wait, he went to he, he went into lighting to improve his family's financial... What, yeah. I guess that is a safe future. No one's ever going to like just turn out the lights permanently. That's a pretty good one. I guess so. So he got It's like lights or the medical field. But after, about a, after a year and a half of that, he went back to school and he got his degree in 1948 he graduated from lawrence technical university that college is still there today <laughs> and uh, it's kind of like the greenville tech of michigan i got a feeling but you know what i'm saying <laughs> I mean, it wasn't no harvard or anything but uh you know like i said you know it's it's really cool seeing how this guy came up well back in college he worked part-time in a local body shop and this right here is something because he really didn't come up a car guy which I think they were horseless carriages back then. <laughs> but, but you know, he didn't really come up a car guy, but he worked in college. He worked in a body shop. And so, so, okay, we're talking about 1940s. He was in a body shop. Yeah. What are the, so all you had to do was spray it black, right? No, that was just Henry Ford. And in the 40s, they had like three colors then. Okay, so we got we got elaborate. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, we had lacquer paint and lead and all that stuff. But like I said, he worked <laughs> in a local body shop. And, uh, for, you know, this was foreshadowing his later contributions to the automotive industry. You know, and when he came out of you know school, instead of entering engineering workforce like you think he would, a guy that went to school for that, right, right, he actually earned he actually earned his money selling life insurance. And he did that for two years. In two years, he sold eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of life insurance policies. So he's a salesman. Yes, he's a salesman from way back. That was in 1949. Now, keep in mind how much $850,000 is then. I would like to have two years of that as my sales. Exactly. So not only was John DeLorean, you know, a car designer and industrial engineer, this man is a salesman. He's a pitch man. And, uh, you know, DeLorean stated in his autobiography that he got into insurance to hone his sales and communication skills. That's pretty smart, actually. That's right. And That's I mean, actually really smart. It's actually really smart. This guy, there's a lot of layers to this guy. He's like an onion. So you're saying he stinks? No, he doesn't stink. He's got a lot of layers. There's a lot of uh, levels to this guy, and a lot more than you just hear on the news or little bits and pieces. I mean, this guy's lived a very interesting life. It sounds like it. I mean, this guy's done a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, and, and, which, I mean, honestly, back in the 20s and 30s and 40s, there wasn't a whole lot to do. No, so. actually, there was a lot to do. This guy, he he, uh, he excelled in all of them. He did. I tell you what, guys, we got a great story coming up. You need to stick around for this. We're talking about John DeLorean right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 1063 WORD.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 